Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Geek Wave. Da, 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 da. Exciting stuff. I, I miss doing these videos. I like the long format stuff. I want to do more, but I'm in the middle of a lot going on where I'm moving. Everything's packed up. All my equipment is pretty much packed up. All you're hearing right now is the one microphone I have out, and that's just how we're doing this now. But we're coming back with video soon. We'll do more long format stuff, but so that's just a but so no lead way into the next thing whatever uh we got a shorter episode again this week like a couple weeks ago we did the one about the eric andre show i knew i was going to be busy so i wouldn't have time to make a lot of notes but for this week i thought you know what let's let's talk about something i'm very passionate about and we'll kind of do like a retrospective about one of my favorite superhero cartoons of all time if not my favorite superhero cartoon of all time it's the best marvel one for sure. That is Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes. So we'll go through the news this week. And because all my news this week is superhero themed, I'm like, oh, this is the perfect time to talk about Earth's Mightiest Heroes, a show I wanted to talk about for a long time. And I cannot wait to jump into it with you guys. But of course, we always start off with talking about the news. And there's a lot of news this week because uh, a lot of stuff is happening. Uh, so the first thing is there was a WandaVision trailer. We're not going to talk about it here just because everybody's already talked about it. It looks good. It looks fantastic. I'm excited. I can't wait. Is it going to be six episodes or nine episodes? I know there's some discretion I saw on IMDb about that. I hope it's going to be nine just because I think this one you could do a little bit more with. Very excited about that. But our first big piece of news here is the cancellation of Supergirl. That's right. Supergirl has somehow survived to the sixth season. And with that season will come its finale, which is kind of sad to say. Just because a show like this, you always want it to go on for a long time. I was really hoping it would get at least to eight or nine, just like Arrow. And like The Flash probably will. But I get it. You know, I think Melissa Benoist just had a a kid so maybe it was a decision like i'll finish this last season if we can wrap up all these stories then we'll say it's done it'll be good i mean she's still going to get that syndication money so that's going to be good for her at least and it's just it's sad but i understand it we got some new shows coming out if cw is going to be airing star girl and they got swamp thing coming back if that'll save the show i don't know but I get it. We got Superman and Lois that could take that spot, and I'm kind of excited to see that. I'm still not sure if I'm going to do weekly reviews of Lois and Superman or whatever that show is called. It looks good, though, and I'm really sad to see Supergirl go. I'm glad it made it past the first season because if it just ended with season one, I don't think it would be as revered as it is now. And I'm glad I got this far. Benoist did a great job. The entire cast did a great job. Everyone did fantastic on that show. It's sad to see it go, but we're going to make room for new stuff coming down the line, and it's going to be bigger and badder. Well, maybe not bigger and badder, but it's going to be newer stuff. And that's exciting. I think we can all look forward to that. And the next piece of news we have here. This one came as a shocker to me when it was announced, but I'm like, that's cool. So because James Gunn had nothing else going on during his quarantine, he decided he's going to write a Peacemaker TV series for HBO Max, and the crew that worked on Suicide Squad will be returning to help him, some of his producers, some of his directors, and of course, John Cena will be returning as Peacemaker. Guys, I, I love Peacemaker. I think this is the first Les Charlton character that's going to be getting his own solo title in, a, in like a movie or a television show. This is so cool. 
John Cena is a great actor. He's so funny. I'm very excited to see what that's going to be. Could this lead into more characters from the Charlton universe? I mean, Gunn is not opposed to doing that. I could definitely see a version of Blue Beetle appearing or even Captain Adam. Captain Adam almost makes more sense to me just because it could be like Peacemakers going against Captain Adam. I mean, that'd be so... Guys, wouldn't that be so cool? <laughs> I'd love to see that. I think that would be really fun, really interesting. And it, it works perfectly. Like, John Cena can lead something. James Gunn's name on something could sell seats. I like this a lot. This is going to be really cool and interesting. Peacemaker is a character I love. I just got the first issue of it. And I got the collector's issue. So it's not like the one that's worth money. But I got the first issue of Peacemaker. Such a cool character. Such a unique design. This is going to be really fun. I'm very excited about this. It's amazing the times we live in where a character like Peacemaker can have his own show. They didn't say if it was going to be before or after the Suicide Squad, so if he dies, we'll know it's before, but if it's if he's not dead, which I don't think he will be, we'll know it's after, so that's kind of exciting. I actually really like that news. It's really cool stuff. And of course, speaking of things that are doing well, The Boys is getting a spinoff. That's right, Eric. Kripke is keeping this franchise going, and why shouldn't he? It's doing better than a lot of stuff at Netflix or Disney. Like the boys has just been a roller coaster, pushing through everything, doing some great stuff. It's amazing. The season is great. I will probably be filming my episode seven review after I record this one. So you'll probably hear that after this. It'll probably come out the same day or the next day. We'll have to wait and see how I'm feeling. But uh, this is cool. So we know it's going to be set in a high school. I mean, sorry, not a high school. It's going to be set in a college run by Vought where it's going to like tell kid, teenagers and people in their 20s how to be this, I guess, a superhero, but in the, the style of the boys. So it's going to be raunchy, sexy, violent, intense, and frightening. I'm very, very excited for this. I, I like it. I'm not a big fan of the stuff in the schools. You guys know that. But Strange Academy has been pleasing me that I'm kind of more willing to give stuff in schools a chance here. But if it's anything like The Boys, hell yeah, I'm going to watch this. And hell yeah, I'm going to want to see what this is going to be. That is such a cool idea. I'm very excited. Like, come on, guys. That's just awesome. And we got a couple casting announcements here for stuff in the superhero realm. So first off, we got... Aldous Hodge is going to be joining Black Adam as Hawkman. I think this is really cool. I mean, he's a fantastic actor who definitely is ripe for a role like this. He seems like a guy who would be willing to commit to this. He's done Invisible Man, where he was a supporting role there, working his ass off in that. And now coming back to this, perfect. I mean, this could be really fun. I, I like that they didn't just go for like the bulky Caucasian guy to go against The Rock. I think this is way cooler. Aldous is a fantastic actor. He could definitely hold his own. I'm very curious to see how that suit's going to look. I think more than a lot of actual like live-action suits for characters in comic books, Hawkman's is easy to translate, but it's also easy to get wrong because we've seen it on like Legends and we've seen it in Smallville. You go a little too campy, it doesn't work. But if you go campy enough, it could work just fine. I'm, it's going to be more gold and like armory than that, that classic yellow and orange headpiece where the eyes are through it. Like I think this could be really exciting. I love it. Like Dwayne Johnson shared a story where he talked to Aldous on the phone. He's like, "This, you're not Dwayne. What are you talking about? And it's like, it was really cool, really funny. I enjoy it. I, I'm very excited to see what this is going to be for these guys. Very cool stuff. And we got some more casting news coming off the train. That is Tatiana Mislani being cast as Jennifer Walters. We got our Kamala Khan. That's right. I am super excited that a fellow Canadian has joined the ranks of the MCU once more. 
18-year-old Aman Vilani has decided, well, I guess not decided, she's taken the role of Kamala Khan. This is really cool. I, I don't know her in anything. She's a, like a brand new actor. She's done some stuff at TIFF, which is kind of exciting. We're getting a fresh face, which I've said this before when I was talking to somebody about her casting. It's like, you want a fresh face for Kamala because Kamala is the audience perspective character like she's the pov character as somebody who's kind of grown up in the larger marvel universe so if she's an 18 year old actress i don't think she'll be playing an 18 year old kamala so let's say she's a 16 year old actress that means she has kind of been throughout the entire timeline if it started in 2008 to let's say 2021 or 2022 when this comes out that's about 18 years or 12 years i don't know time or money or any of that stuff but it's it's long enough where she would have been a kid who grew up throughout the entirety of the MCU. So yeah, I could see a fresh face being perfect for that. It's like us being able to be a hero now. That's really cool. I think that's fantastic. I'm very excited to see how that show is going to go. They got the Bad Boys for Life guys attached to direct some episodes. Guys, this is just fun. I love Kamala. You could check out my comic book catch up where I read the entire first volume of that character. She's really cool. I really like her. So I'm glad we're finally getting her in this show. And it's going to be really fun. Like This is great. Kamala and Hawkman have been cast. Like, this is fun. We're, we're living in the golden age of this stuff. As much as I think there's some things that are bad that we are going to get to in our last news piece for this week. But this is really exciting. I really do like this. I'm very happy to see where this could go. And another piece of news we got here. Nick Fury, Samuel Jackson himself, is probably going to be leading a Disney Plus show. This one could be connected to S.W.O.R.D. A lot of people are saying... And I'm just like, I don't want this. I, I've never really cared for his Nick Fury. I don't think it's that interesting, that compelling, but cool. I'll take more content. Sword's an interesting place you can go. It wouldn't be where I went with Nick Fury, but I'll watch it. It's going to exist. And that's something that we can all be excited about. Things that exist. That is really cool. <laughs> but it's just fine. I mean... There's going to be people who are like, this is so fun. I can't believe it's happening. And I'm just going to be here like, of course it's happening. You want to keep Sam Jackson in there. You're going to have to pay him some big bucks, but it's going to happen. And our last piece of news for this week is the one piece of news. I'm just like, I really don't like this. I don't care what angle you play this as. I don't think it's that interesting or cool. Jamie Foxx has announced that he will be returning as Electro in Spider-Man 3, setting up the possibility, the possibility of a Spider-Verse movie in live action. I don't like this. Jamie Foxx's Electro was bad. I don't care whatever way you want to spin it. It was bad. You could do multiversal shit. I don't care. He did not get that character. It sucked. I did not enjoy seeing that. I don't want a Spider-Verse in the MCU. Not yet, at least. Tom Holland hasn't really been able to stand on his own as Spider-Man yet. We've done a couple movies where he's trying, but he's always kind of just been... Not even supporting, but just kind of like he's in the shadow of Iron Man, he's in the shadow of Mysterio, and now we're doing two better Spider-Men coming potentially potentially coming in to be Spider-Man in this. I'm just don't do this to me. Don't do this to Tom Holland. He deserves to stand on his own in his own movie. I hate this idea. It's annoying. I could probably do a whole video talking about why I don't want to see this, but I'll start with this and this alone. Peter Parker should be the ultimate, you are the audience, that is you, it's the you character like Kamala is going to be, that should be Peter Parker, it always should have been Peter Parker, it is in the comic books, anybody could be Spider-Man, we don't need to see three Spider-Men in one movie in live action, it worked in animated because you're allowed to do different things there, Max with the style, and Miles is way cooler than Peter in that movie, so 
I don't want to see this. I'm not excited for this. And I don't know if it's going to be worth the wait. So that's all our news pieces, everything superhero related to talk about. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to be jumping into a retrospective, maybe for a couple minutes here, talking about Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. So before we get into this, if you guys haven't watched Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, all the episodes are on Disney+. Plus. It is definitely worth the stream, definitely worth watching. It's only two seasons. It is 52 episodes. That's 22, uh, 26, actually 26 episodes a season. It's well worth it. I remember watching this when it came out because I would have been around 12, 12 to 13 when the first season came out. It was... 2010 to 2012 it came out and I just remember thinking this is what I've always wanted from an Avengers cartoon or even from a Marvel cartoon just because we were in this era where you know in the 90s X-Men was really popular they did like the Silver Surfer and Iron Man cartoons they had the spite numerous Spider-Man cartoons that were very successful but you they will those were like the only successful things Marvel did in terms of cartoons. Like they did a bunch of stuff, but you could watch a hundred different Spider-Man cartoons. People love them. Everyone likes their own Spider-Man cartoon. That's fine. I've never really connected to any. I've never, I hate saying this. I've never connected to the Spider-Man character. I've always loved people like Hawkeye and Hulk. And for lack, sometimes I've liked Thor and I've always liked Hank Pym and Jana Van Dyne. I've loved those characters for a long time. I think a lot of that comes from this show. But before that, I knew who they were. I was very excited about them. I just remember the first time I watched the show, I'm like, this is what I've wanted for so long from a Marvel cartoon, just because it is without a doubt the best written, best directed, best executed Marvel series ever because you could tell the people behind this property and I'm going to say Christopher Yoist the most just because he's like the head writer the head creator behind a lot of the stuff here he was very interested in this series you could tell he was passionate interested curious and willing to go to different angles with what this show was because this is like almost a straight adaptation of some classic Avenger stories And that is fantastic. Like, this isn't some amalgamation where it's taking ideas and bringing them together. You got comic book creators who are passionate about the stuff they liked, adapting actual stories for the screen. And it showed so well. It didn't shy away from the side characters either. So much was going on here, and I love it. I hearken this to Marvel's version of the Justice League animated series. Just because you can look at both of those series, right? They could stand on their own. They are very stylized in their animation. They aren't trying to be this modernized piece of something, you know, like a lot of the modern cartoons are for Marvel. This stands on its own. It's timeless. It's got a very timeless feel. The animation is as fluent today as it was back then. It holds up incredibly nice. And I think that's something very important when it comes to animation is you have to have this timeless feel where if you watch it today, It can feel the same as it did when you watched it 10 years ago, or 20 years ago, or 30 years ago. It's hard to find an animation. And something like this, it's very Justice League in that regard, very Batman the Animated Series, where it's timeless. Sure, sometimes things are dated in it, but it works really well. I I really enjoy it. So this story actually opens up with a breakout of a bunch of prisons, which I'm like, that is 
perfect way to get all these characters introduced because we we don't at this point in the story we don't have the avengers formed it's not an it's not something where they're together already where we i think we saw them in the justice league where they were together already but this is like we're building an origin story and you're seeing how these people work out and this is some great interpretations of all the characters i mean we won't go through every interpretation for every single character but i just want to say like there is a I can think back to each character when we met them and how they acted. There, I don't think there's anybody who was treated poorly, who didn't get the way they deserved. Like when we see Tony Stark, we are immediately think he is his head is in the clouds. He's thinking about the next technology for himself for the future. He's thinking how he's the most badass hero of all time. When we meet Thor, he is Shakespearean, this godlike figure who's still trying to understand the mortal world while he's still trying to figure out these weird feelings he might have for the character of Jane Foster. When we meet Janet Van Dyne and Hank Pym, they are wrapped around in their own world. Janet's trying to be like, we're on the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier here. We should maybe do some more stuff with S.H.I.E.L.D. While Hank is very much like, I want to help my patients. Just let me help my patients, okay? That's all I'm trying to do here. That's really cool stuff. And of course, Bruce is locked up. And it's it's perfect. It's the original superheroes the original avengers from the classic comic book it, it's just such a great story and then you know you have the prison breakout and what i love about this breakout is you're highlighting so many classic comic book villains because that's what people want to see you know we 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 love the mcu i mean i love the mcu for better or worse i love it they haven't highlighted some of the more obscure characters in the marvel pantheon of villains but this show is like, here's Trapster, here's Mandrill, here's the Serpent Society, here's Living Laser, here's all these bizarre characters you know about, and we're going to have fun with them. You know, we're just going to show you them, you know who they are. Well, the whole series is going to be about trying to get these guys back into prison, and it's just so cool that way. I love it. There are so many cool through arcs that I really enjoy. And something else that's really cool is they dedicate the first half of the season pretty much to setting up our superheroes. We see kind of origins for all of the characters, kind of how they got to be where they are at the beginning of the series as Avengers. That is just so fun. And like I said, the characters are perfect. One of the highlights to me is because I've always been a fan of Hank Pym. Just seeing Hank Pym's arc in this entire show, they set him up to be a pacifist, how he doesn't want to use his powers to be a superhero. He's kind of doing it reluctantly because of Janet, and we'll get to Janet in a bit here. I just love the way Hank Pym is done in this series. He has his entire episode later on in the show where he just where his brain kind of decides to snap and you see how that actually works. It's not something as aggressive as it is in the comic books where not a lot of people could explain why Hank Pym suddenly became Yellow Jacket. In this show it's more gradual, more interesting, more nuanced and I think that's very important for his character. Everybody wants to make Hank Pym the bad guy and I I think it's important to show that he really just wants to help the, pe- the people. He doesn't want to fight anybody he doesn't want to harm anybody one of my favorite moments of the show is when the avengers are fighting the serpent society and they're all just ready to attack him and hank is just like let me talk to them i was his i was his doctor i can talk to my patients please let me talk them out of this fight so nobody gets hurt and of course a battle ensues and hank pym just decides he's done He's no longer doing this. He just says, I quit and walks away. That that shot of him leaving when he just shrinks down and walks into the dark the dark tunnel, 
that might be my favorite moment of the show. Like it's just it just got Hank so well. And it got everybody so well. It learns to establish Captain America in the past before bringing him to the future. It sets up that bond between him and Fury where they're like these guys who were born in war, how they know each other that way. I think that's really cool. And I got to talk about this because I love it so much. This is how you do Hawkeye. I'm working on a video. I got to write the script out for it, but I'm working on a video that is about how the MCU got Hawkeye wrong. This is how you do Hawkeye. He is kind of a semi-traitor of S.H.I.E.L.D. He is locked up when we first meet him in the show. And he, when he gets out, he decides he is going to do his best to track down Natasha, but also still be the good guy. And there's some great stuff with him where you just see his snarky attitude. Clint should be snarky. I have said this so many times. Clint should be a dick who kind of just gets run down a lot like he never catches a break but in this you're showing him he's competent he is smart but he's still a dick and he's still willing to admit that sometimes he's a little silly i like that a lot that's how you do clint you're doing it so well here when he first joins the avengers okay well i i, I don't know how else to just talk about this before just get into like individual episodes but it's just fantastic one of the episodes i think a lot of people should be on the lookout for is the gamma world arc where we see it's up to Hawkeye to kind of get the Avengers out of this gamma radiation like dome and save them and kind of save the world from all that because that is how you do a gamma story. I'm sorry, that's how you do it. You get one character who kind of has to get in there and save everybody. You did a really cool version of the leader. You did a really cool version of Abomination. You just got it perfect. And you got a great version of the Hulk. I love the way Hulk looks in this. It's very that it's very like a bulky character from like the Bruce Tim style but modernized up where his legs aren't so scrawny like it looks fantastic this hulk is great this show is so good i'm currently in the process of my rewatch i finished the first season which is fan like the first season is a little bit more streamlined for me just because it knows what it's doing here's the breakout here's the origin for all our characters then we spend some time setting up the masters of evil and it's not just like oh we're going to you know do it all in one episode. No, we get episodes dedicated to the more fantastical side of things with Executioner and Enchantress. We have an episode dedicated to Simon Williams. Not even him as Wonder Man yet, just Simon Williams and how he becomes Wonder Man. That is so cool. They make the Grim Reaper a main character in here. They just do some great stuff with all of these characters. And they show how Baron Zemo is a threat and kind of scary and how we survived this long. I think that's really cool. Then they introduce Black Panther, a character again who is done perfectly and how he relates to being just a king in this universe and how he's not in every episode, but he's still like a worthwhile member of the team. They really just established some really good stuff here. And that's what you needed from this. It's so perfect. Just the way it, it takes the story. So we got the breakout. The origin, we're setting up the Masters of Evil, we pay off that story, and then it leads into, oh, maybe there was somebody else behind the scenes working for the Masters of Evil. Oh, look at that, it's some Asgardian baddies, and now we're setting up Loki. But in between that too, we establish that Kang is going to be a threat later on. This is how you do Kang. We'd almost do a whole episode of the show where the Avengers are in the future and they're talking to Kang about how does the world get like this just because Captain America exists out of time. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. This Captain America is well worth it. He's very interesting, very stoic, and that's fine. And I got to say this too, the standout of the show, whatever season you're watching, the standout of the show has always been and always will be Janet Van Dyne. 
they kind of nailed that character. I think they nailed every character, but Janet was perfect just because you, she had enough depth in the comic books. You know, she was a likable character. People enjoyed talking about Jan, writing about Jan. But this is where you're like, let's make her fun. She's bubbly. She's quirky. She t- she takes things seriously, but she's like, I'm a superhero. I'm going to have fun with it. I'm not going to worry about all the things. I mean, I'm going to fight where I can do my part, but I'm not going to overanalyze and overstress every situation. I love it. That's how you do Jan. This is like her. This is her best costume, actually. I'll stand on that. This is her best costume. You got some good stuff in the modern continuity, but this is her best costume. This is how you make Jan work. I love it. She was great in this show. Everyone was great. I just keep gushing about how great people were. But it's just really cool, you know? Because you set up the Masters of Evil. You got you got the whole Masters of Evil there, and it's really cool. And then you set up Loki, and you're like, this is great. That's how you do it. You got the Avengers on all different of the nine realms. They're fighting their way to get to Loki. They become like these big gladiators in this armor. It's so fun. It's a fantastic first season of a show, especially in a cartoon. It just does a perfect job of telling you what this is. Because the writers, the people behind this, they understand what comic books are. They're about these mini arcs that you're setting up. Here's the arc where we see Simon Williams struggling to understand himself. He hates that Tony is buying his company. Now he is turned into this creature full of hate and rage, this ionic energy. And now suddenly, come the end of the season, he's filled with this guilt because Black Panther is trying to tell him, like, do you hate them or do you hate yourself? There is something that is stopping you from being yourself, Simon. You can figure out what that is. And there's just something so cool about that. How you actually just set up this character's arc in there. And all these characters have arcs, you know? Tony learns not to rely on technology so much. And I think that's really cool. You know, Thor realizes he can... Well, actually, Thor doesn't have a big arc in this, and he doesn't really need to. And I think that later on in the show, come the second season, we definitely expand the universe in a bigger way. We introduce a lot of more stuff going on here. That's why I think this first season is a little more streamlined, because we get, you know, Hank learning to kind of accept who he is how to be the hero he wants to be how he doesn't really want to do it we establish ultron which is so cool which has a big payoff in the next season that is so great this is why i love ultron so much just because he's built to be a peacekeeper and then he loses his sanity just a little bit too much and then he becomes a character hellbent on destruction that is cool that is fun i love it and you got the kirby like bubbles in his mouth that's how you do it that's how you do ultron that was such a great episode all the episodes are great i don't think there's any episode in the show where i was like i don't really want i don't need this you know there isn't i think it's all it works perfectly very fascinating very enjoyable stuff you set up all the avengers well you do a great job with that well i want to talk a little bit about the hawkeye arc just because i've always been a fan of hawkeye he's the character i don't know if i've said this on the show or anywhere else on my channel hawkeye is the character that got me back into comic books like really brought me in just because i was like i like him he's different than what i was expecting for some characters i like him a lot his arc is so cool just because he kind of reluctantly joins the Avengers because he saves them in Gamma World, but he's kind of hell-bent on finding out why Natasha betrayed him. And you get some great stuff with him and Bobby. I love when you bring in Mockingbird. That is such a great pull. I love her a lot. Okay, let's just talk about... I guess that's the end of Clint's arc, really. Let's just talk about some of the side characters they bring in here. Mockingbird is great. They don't make Nick Fury a main character, which I think is really important. Same with Maria Hill. 
I don't think those two should be main characters. I like that they're kind of supporting. The Technovore shows up in an episode. That's pretty sick. That I mean, that's really cool. Malekith is actually a threat in an episode. That's insane, too. Like I said, Mandrill makes an appearance. Every time Mandrill makes an appearance in anything, I love it. That is such a cool, underrated character that deserves some more love. That's awesome. Crimson Dynamo looks fantastic. I love the way he's looking. The Warriors 3, good as ever. Everyone is perfect. Perfect. Like It's like the most iconic looks for all the characters too, you know? Because you took the comic book looks and you just kind of made them into that, that animated style that's very timeless. You took the essentials for every character, threw them in this one spot, made it timeless. It's fantastic. Really cool. Like It's just such an enjoyable show that... You could watch any episode, you could throw on any episode, and you're in, you're engrossed, and there's something really cool there. They made a lot of cool villains into, like, these very compelling characters, and I really like it. Now, the second season is a little less streamlined, just because it's trying to expand the universe a little bit more than the first season. The first season's all about the breakout, bringing in the characters. We realized it was all kind of connected to Loki being the big bad. And in this season, we're setting up a couple of things, one of those being the secret invasion which is a storyline I, I like. I understand why you do it here, just because you kind of want to establish the Kree and the Skrull as these bigger threats. I get that. I've never been a fan of the Kree and the Skrull stuff, so it's fine. I, I like it to the point where I, it didn't affect me watching the episode, but they really just, they established a lot more in the season. One of the things being we get Captain Marvel as a main character. We establish Michael Korvac in this season. And we get Vision. We do a whole arc for Vision becoming a person who exists. And I think that's really cool. His Vision is a classic Avengers character. I love seeing him. But I think the standout for me was seeing Hank Pym become Yellow Jacket. Just because, like I said, this is how you do Hank Pym. You don't have to make him this dick. You don't have to make him a guy who abuses his wife or is angry all the time. He's just fed up with the way things are being done. He's like, I didn't seek out to become this villain or this hero. Ant-Man, Giant-Man, whatever you call me, that's who I am. But I didn't want to become that. I wanted to help my patients. And since I can't do that, a part of him just snaps. And then the Yellow Jacket persona is formed. It's a little more aggressive. It's a little more Hank Pym just being like, I'm no longer this happy-go-lucky guy that everyone kind of thought I was. I'm angry. I just want to get the job done. Please do don't force me to do things. And I, I really like Yellow Jacket. That costume for Yellow Jacket, I would say a top 10 comic book costume for any character in the world for me. I love the way that vintage Yellow Jacket costume looks. It's so silly, but so cool. And like I said, this unit, this is the season that kind of expands the characters into more interesting ways. We get the Fantastic Four, which I love seeing. I love when they make the Fantastic Four kind of supporting characters, but build them up to be the best in the universe. I think that is a really cool thing to do. I love the way they did Reed here. I love the way they did Sue. Of course, Ben Grimm's fantastic. Everyone was great there. And they were, I, I know they said, Christopher Joyce said, because of the, the 10th anniversary of the show, that season three would have had Doom and Tony go back in time to the medieval ages, like they did in that one story. I would have loved to see that. That would have been really exciting. Just saying, I think that would have been fun. And you know, they just they set up a lot more in this too. Like I said, Vision, Captain Marvel, you get Luke Cage and Iron Fist, which I'm like, that's a great story. You set up Scott Lang at the same time, that's fun too. Spider-Man makes an appearance, Wolverine makes an appearance, the new Avengers make an appearance because of a story. That was a great storyline too. I remember that one being 
this is awesome just because I've I love Iron Fist. I love the thing. Seeing those characters take prominence again in a show like this, perfect. This is such a comic book show. You could tell it's built by people who love comic books. And that's something that's very important when it comes to a project like this. Of course, they all love comic books. But when you can just say, oh, let's take this exact storyline from this Thor book. Let's take this exact storyline from this Hulk book. Let's take the thing that made Hank Pym hated for years and turn it into something that you could see his evolution as a character. That's really important. I think that's a really fascinating way to show that you care about this because you could easily just make Hank the dick and you didn't. You just try to make him more likable in a way I think a lot of people wanted to see very enjoyable like this show really just understood what it was trying to do and i think that's very important from the get-go it knew what it wanted to be it didn't take any time to find itself it's 52 episodes each one of those episodes tells you what this story is going to be and i think that's fantastic not a lot of shows can do that take some take some shows a couple like a season to figure out what it's trying to be or a couple episodes but from the get-go to know what your storyline is going to be that's impressive you have to say that's impressive. And of course, you know, the Kree Squirrel War happens. We set up some other stuff with some bigger threats. It's great. We do a whole arc about the Winter Soldier, which I think is really impressive, especially when you could find time in a show like this to highlight Captain America's journey because we've seen him impersonated at the end of season one. And now here he is trying to discover that Bucky's still alive. Maybe there's some more to this story than what's going on. And how does that introduce these characters to the larger universe? That's exciting. I love that they managed to find a way just to bring in all these characters from these char- people's rogues gallery, like Loki, the leader, the Red Skull, you know, all the ones for Iron Man. Like, it's just exciting. I'm still amazed that they made, they made Grim Reaper cool, that they made Wonder Man cool, that they made them actual characters. And I think that's something so impressive about this show. It's something that the Justice League animated series did too, you know. I, I, I mean, I haven't watched all of that show. I know that's sacrilegious of me, but you can pinpoint moments where you know that they're doing something with a character here. And I think that's really cool. I've watched Justice League Unlimited, and I could tell you, like, seeing things with Vigilante and Shining Knight and Booster Gold, that's what they're doing in this show. They're giving a whole arc here to Ultron, where Ultron's trying to figure out how to be the computer he was made to be, but seeing how he becomes corrupt. They did a whole arc here for Black Panther trying to save his people, you know? I think that's really impressive for a show like this, something that not a lot of them could do. You know, not every show can do this, and I think it's impressive. So it's 52 episodes, you guys. You have to watch them. It's well worth it. There's just something about this show that's unlike anything Marvel's done before. And, and Marvel's done some great programs, a lot of great stuff with Spider-Man, like I've said. But the current show, Avengers Assemble, it's kind of going in this direction. The problem is the animation doesn't have that timeless quality that Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes does. You know, this is, like I said, it's the Bruce Tim style of stuff. It's that classic look where you can pinpoint, that's my version of Hawkeye. That's my version of Captain America. I love when they make Captain America a little more bulky. I think that works well. It also has one of the best moments between Tony and Cap ever, where Cap is like, all right, you rely too much on your technology, let's fight, let's spar. And you have Hulk and Hawkeye watching from the sidelines. That scene, you can look up that clip, that's going to give you exactly the right feel you need to be like, oh, I can watch all of this show. Because it's just such this intimate moment between these two characters and you see how they become these friends. Cap's like, I want you to be, I want you to fight. I want you to know how to fight if we're ever in a situation where you need to. And Tony is just, Tony's like, I don't need that. Come on, man, I got my weapons. It's all good. 
it's a classic moment between those characters and it's very enjoyable this show just got everything right and that is such a rare thing to say for an animated property how it just knew what it needed to be how it did exactly what it had to do and it told you everything about these characters it made the marvel universe palpable and fun it didn't shy away from the, the weird stuff. You know, we could time travel, we can fight robots, we can fight Asgardians, we can fight Nazis. Whatever it is, we're doing it, and it's fun, and it's cool, and it all flows perfectly. It gives great moments to every character, and you don't shy away from the stuff. That's different. It's the perfect Marvel cartoon. It is probably my favorite superhero cartoon. There's a lot I haven't seen but this one just did, it checked off all the right boxes and it had a timeless feel that I wish got to continue. I'm sad we'll never get to see that Doom and Iron Man stuff. I'm sad we'll never get to see some more stuff going down the line. Imagine the characters they could introduce to this show now. But I'm glad we got these episodes. I think it's well worth it. It was fun just to go back and watch this show and to talk about it here. It's well worth it and you guys should check it out if you haven't. So Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, let's end off with this about the show. It's everything you need to make yourself realize that the MCU didn't do everything right. How's that for ending it? <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's well worth it. So, as always, before we end this discussion or end this podcast, I like to leave you guys with a couple of recommendations for things to watch. And, of course, since this was a retrospective on Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, go watch the show. It's well worth it. I keep saying it's well worth it, and it is. You can watch that show and, you know, go read the Kamala Khan book. <laughs> it's good, too. So thank you guys so much for watching this video. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. As always, you can check me out on Instagram, Patreon, Twitter, all that good stuff. And I'll see you in the next one. Have fun. Stay safe. Good luck. Tsunami Studios.